Welcome to Relatable Rhetoric. I'm your host, Adrian Robertson, and on this show, I drop you into real-life stories of wifehood, parenthood, and life as a Black woman. Every episode holds a mirror up to women's lives to find ways to avoid burnout. It's a mix of sarcasm, unending topics we can all relate to, and reassuring reminders that women can find their stride. Hey y'all, welcome back. I hope you've had a great week and a great weekend. I'm here with an episode for my mamas. Okay, my heart goes out during this holiday season to the parents who have little ones that they're getting gifts for. I mean, I think it's gift time is always a little difficult because you want to make sure that you get something thoughtful and something that a person likes and hope that, you know, those two paths will cross, right? Um, But coordinating all of this can sometimes be so much. So moms, parents, y'all been on my heart. So yes, this episode is about making momming easier. It's not about the holidays or, you know, how to get gifts or anything like that or coordinating the holiday season, which would probably be really helpful right about now. Um, but it's just, it's more general. Um, I just, like I said, you guys have been on my heart. You know, I have struggled just with being on top of my parenting and just making sure that um, I'm not only doing what's best for my children, but I'm also uh, doing what's best for me and figuring out where those paths cross. So today I have my top five ways to make momming easier. I'm going to share those with you. We're going to do our fun segment at the end, the why didn't they tell us, and then we're going to get out of here. So I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, so number one, actually, no, this is the pregame, the preface, the intro to number one. Before you do any of these things, right, it is very important that you prioritize your health and your well-being because nothing that you do, no tip, no habit, no routine, no schedule, not even, you know, the attempt to show self-care. Let's say it's a a bath or um, journaling. None of those things are going to matter if you aren't taking the time to prioritize your health and well-being. If you don't prioritize your health to the point where you, you know, physically are struggling, a bath, (laughs) journaling is not going to do much, make much of a difference. If you are not in a well place mentally, then again, taking a bath is not going to help. So you have to prioritize. You don't want to wait until you've done something for everyone else before you make sure that you're good. It sounds selfish. It does. And it's something that I struggle with myself. Um, But you cannot pour from an empty cup. I've said that on other episodes and it bears saying again, you have to make sure that you are good in your field before you can pour into someone else, even if that, that someone else is your children. Even them, yes, prioritize your health so that you can be the best mom that you can be. Look, <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So number one, now that we've gotten that out of the way, making sure that you are operating from a healthy place, from a well place, from a field place. One thing you can do is to establish supportive routines. And I say routines with an S because we have different parts of our days and our lives that all should work together. So establishing a routine for how you clean, a routine for your mornings, a routine for preparing for the week, a routine for getting groceries, a routine for dinner time, as well as a routine for um, resting, okay? And then resting with your children, okay? Because sometimes we can we can be in the house and be with our children, but we don't want to do much. And there's nothing wrong with that. Letting your children know like, hey, I'm here, but don't ask me for nothing, okay? You good? You got, you got food, you got water, you got shelter, you got everything you need? All right, mommy's going to be laying down. Mommy's going to be on the sofa. Mommy's going to watch a show. Mommy's going to listen to a podcast, resting with them. And then some things you can do without them. You know, you need those days off from parenting where you you need to get your hair done, get your nails done, get your feet done. You need to, um, you may want to see a friend, hang out, go shopping, whatever it is that, that makes you happy. You have to build that into your routine. And I want to emphasize supportive routines because just because you say I'm going to do X, Y, and Z over and over and over, it doesn't mean that it's a routine that serves you well. So in the morning, establishing a routine that is actually going to help you accomplish, you know, getting out the door at a certain time, it's going to help you feel peaceful and not frazzled in the morning is supportive for you. So you're making sure that your children have clothes that they can put on in the morning, whether they pick them out themselves or you pick them out the night before, making sure they're ironed so that when you wake up in the morning, it goes smoothly. That's supporting you in having a a smooth morning. That's supporting you in waking up and being able to look for your own outfit or do your hair or do your makeup because, you know, your children are taken care of. So you want to think about what is it that you're trying to get out of this particular part of your day and how can I build a routine that's going to support me in that? So with the cleaning, giving my son my nine-year-old chores, that supports me because that is going to help take the load off of me. And it's teaching him how to be a cognizant adult, okay? Being mindful of the messes that you make and knowing that you are responsible for cleaning them up. And if you if you can't get to it during, you know, this moment during the week, know that you're going to get to it. Know that you need to make time to get to it. It doesn't need to fall by the wayside for too long. If you are going to prepare for the week, how can you create a routine that supports you in doing that? Is it meal planning and meal prepping? All right. Well, that means you need a decent amount of time to cook. How can a routine support you with that? Do you have someone? Is it a significant other? They're parent? Is it um, playtime, screen time? What things do you need to be able to accomplish this thing and make that a routine? If you're going to get groceries um, so that you don't spend too much money on takeout or so that you're not in the grocery store every day of the week. All right. What kind of routine, what routine do you need to build to be able to get those groceries? 
sitting down, making a list, taking inventory of all of the groceries you have in the fridge and in the cabinets, um, asking what the people in your house need from, you know, as you go to the store, what, what is it that, that you need that I can put on the list? So don't forget, I want to eat vegan. What vegan things do I need so that I can be successful during the week? My children want to take lunch to school. What do they need? Can I add it to my list? And then all right now I need two hours to be able to go buy all these things. What is, is that a, the same time every week? Or is that just an expectation of um, their father or their, you know, your spouse? Is that an expectation of your mom? For example, you know, my sister would have my mom keep her children at the same time, like every week or every other week. And it was like, she knew no matter what, that she was going to have this time to herself. So then she can now build a routine that says, hey, when I have that time to myself, I'm going to get groceries and then I'm going to do something for myself or I'm going to go shopping or I'm going to rest. She could build her life around that because it was it was already set in stone it had, and she could be a, build a routine around it. Um, yeah, so I definitely want to encourage you to think about the things that are going to make um, life easier for you and your children and build routines that support that. Every single part from morning to night, what is it that you need, including the weekends? <laughs> All right, number two, uh, figure out what tasks are necessary and which ones are like nice to have and then prioritize based on that. So if you know that I'm going back to, you know, laundry and your children, because, you know, we're, we're talking about moms. OK, just want to remind you, um, your children need clean clothes every week. You have to wash those clothes every week or certain clothes. Like for a while, my son was wearing uniforms. I knew if I didn't wash nothing else in the house, I had to wash those uniforms. And so that is on the list of what needs to be done every week. What needs to be done. Same with, you know, cleaning up the house. Dishes. I need clean dishes. I need to clean pots and pans so that I can cook. I need groceries. These are the things that have to be done. So I'm going to start with that. And then I have some things on my list that would be nice to have. You know, it, it would be nice to wash my car. It would be nice to um, run and do some shopping. You know, like maybe I need a few clothing items or something from the beauty supply, but I don't need it right now. But it would be nice to. I add that to the list. Well, because my list is now prioritized according to what I need versus what I want, I know that if I get through all of those things that I need and I am burnt out or I'm tired, the other stuff can wait. I know if nothing else, I just need to take care of the must-haves. And that makes doing mom life <laughs> a lot easier. All right, number three, read your mood. Are you tired? Then take it easy. Make that other meal or go get takeout. Don't, don't overdo it. Tidy up instead of cleaning up, you know? It's, I, I hear there's a difference in straightening up and cleaning up, and I agree. And so, yeah, decide I'm just going to make sure there's no toys on the floor so I don't roll my ankle and fall, but I'll get to mopping and, and sweeping and, you know, the deep cleaning later. And then also, if you're drained but you want to have some quality time with your kids, well, choose to make to do something in the house that's fun. Make it a movie night. 
instead of deciding to go out of the house. Because what happens is if we force ourselves to do these things, sometimes, yes, we can push through and it's great. But other times we force ourselves when we know we're drained, we know we're tired, we know we've had a long week, we know we want to lay on the sofa, okay? But we come in and we force ourselves to do what we feel like the, the kids really want or we feel like we have to do because we've done it before or we said we would or whatever the reason being. And it either burns us completely out or it shows up and the kids, they see you're edgy. They see you're edgy. You snapping at them and it becomes less of a fun experience because you forced it. So it's like, instead of forcing it, just say, hey, mama's tired today, but I still want to spend time with y'all. What y'all think about a movie night? Or what's something we could do in the house together? My kids love making videos and showing them to me. So like, that's easy for me because they can run off and go make this little video around the house. They record themselves in the closet and in the room and in the kitchen. And they just doing their own little thing. And all they require of me is to watch it. So when I'm tired, oh, yes, I'm going to be strategic. I'll say, you want to make a video for me? Because I really would love to see a video from you today. And it's still something they enjoy. It's, it's something that they like to do. And it's a way for them to see that you are attentive and you do care about the things that they care about. But you're also tired. No, I'm not about to go running and play football with you in the yard. Not today. One Some days, yes, absolutely. Today, not the case. And it's okay. Because they have their days too. And they will remember and know and recognize that we are humans. It's a message that you send in your actions. Even if you never open up your mouth and say it, they will know it's okay to be human. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to want to deviate from the plan. Instead of being like, it has to be this way no matter what. Being rigid. And that creates anxiety and burnout. Okay, and this whole podcast is about avoiding burnout. All right, so I've got two more of these. Number four. Be honest with your kids about how you're feeling and how they can help. And that kind of, you know, I borrowed a bit from the, the last one of reading your mood, but it's one thing to read your mood and not say anything and not bring your kids into your reality. But it's another thing to open up and say, hey, mom had a rough day. Mom is tired. Um, I would really love to just, you know, watch a good show. Um you know, it will really help me out if you put your toys up. You know, my back is killing me. You know, you'd be surprised how empathetic children can be. They say, oh my goodness, mommy, your back is hurting. Do you want me to rub your back? They may come tomorrow and say, mommy, is your back still hurting? And you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> you really do care. No, <laughs> you will be surprised. I have an example. So earlier this week, I told my nine-year-old Rufus, um, that I, that I, he was going to have to start doing his own hair. And that, that came from a place of like, okay, I'm on into getting crazy. You getting older, you know, I need you to be aware of your body and your hygiene and to be able to take care of these things for yourself. I think he picked up on that. So I was like, you know, eventually you'll have to start doing your own hair, but you know, I do it right now. You know, go ahead and, and get it out the way. And I just, I just let that go. You know, I didn't, it was just a fleeting moment that we had we shared I did his hair and he went to school the next morning rolls around 
He gets dressed. What does he do? His hair. I didn't know this until he came to me afterwards and said, hey, mommy, what do you think of my hair? And I said, huh, it actually looks pretty good. And I was like, why? And he said, I did my own hair. And it was just moment, just this moment of like, you know, things coming full circle of, you know, if you give him a chance, he might just do it and do it well. But you didn't even give him the chance. You just said, I'm going to need you to start doing your own hair. Assuming that he couldn't start now. And so, you know, don't be afraid to bring your children into your reality. My reality is I don't want to have to do every single thing for you. I shouldn't. And the more you learn to do it for yourself, the better off we all will be. You're going to need this skill in life at some point. (laughs) And so, you know, just give your children a chance. And if even if they aren't ready to do certain things for themselves, you can at least express to them how you're feeling and say, you know what? Today, we aren't going to do X, Y, Z, or today is going to look a little different, but we'll, we'll get to that tomorrow. Or is there something else you'd rather do? Cause I am not well enough or whatever the case may be. And they have some great ideas. You know, sometimes I'll ask my kids like, Hey, what y'all thinking for dinner? Cause I'm struggling. And they'll say something that I really wasn't thinking. So it's like, you know, they're little people. Let them be a part of your world. We're so used to this whole, you're the child and I'm the adult, that sometimes it's so hard for us to bridge that gap. But let them know, hey, I'm making a list and I can't think of snacks. What's some snacks you want? You don't know. They might have seen a commercial for some golden Oreos and they've been wanting to try them, but they forgot. And then you say, hey, what's the snack you want? They're like, I want golden Oreos. Bam. That was easy. But we, we're so you know wired to think we got to know it all and figure it out all on our own as parents when it's like, no, these are little people who have opinions, they have preferences, they have desires. Let them share that with you. It can only make it easier. All right. And the last one, guys, number five, adjust when you need to. I'm going to say that again because I stumbled. Let me say it with my chest. Adjust when you need to. It's okay if you throw it all out the window. Never be afraid to start over. You say, you know what? This routine ain't working for me. Or you know what? Not having a routine ain't working for me. Or you know what? That worked for me, you know, before, but I want to try something new. I want to add something onto it. Or I want to push this a little farther. I want to see if you can be a little more independent. Because it may just work out perfectly. And we're all different, you know, like we're not we're all different, but we evolve as people. We evolve. So what worked for you when you were 25 with a two year old may not work for you when you're 30 with a seven year old. It just ain't working. I did a whole video on this on Instagram where I talked about going to the gym and how when we lived when I was working downtown, I had a gym downtown. It was easy, you know, go straight from the gym I mean, straight from work to the gym, it was a very quick commute. I worked out, avoided rush hour. By the time I was done working out, I could breeze home because there was no more traffic. It worked out well. Then the pandemic happened and I was working from home, which was away from downtown. It was away from the city and was driving downtown to go work out. And I hated doing that. 
I hated having to leave my house to go work out and come back. It was like such a hassle to where I didn't want to do it anymore. But I was forcing it and forcing it and forcing it to where one day it was like, I don't want to do this. You know, like what else could I do? And that's where I started like doing um, YouTube workouts. And that worked so much better because my kids also didn't like that commute. And I didn't even bother to ask them. I didn't even bring them into my world to say, hey, I hate this. Do y'all like this? <laughs> How y'all feel about this? Because I'm not feeling this. I was having to get them dressed to leave the house and things. And I think it was over the summer and they weren't in school. And so it was like, it was just a lot. And when I shifted to doing the YouTube videos, they started doing them with me because they were like dance videos and Zumba and hip hop and stuff. So they enjoyed that time as time with me. Whereas when I went to the gym, they would spend it in the child um child watch area so they saw it as like I get more time with mommy when she works out at home and then I could cook and keep an eye on the food while I'm you know working out take a little water break and check the food so I was able to accomplish so much more by doing these workout videos at home than leaving the house and coming back and then the evening is like gone and I'm drained and I haven't cooked and we haven't eaten and so yeah you know I had to really adjust you know i had to adjust what i was doing just because it worked out before doesn't mean that something won't you know work out better later like it and if i went back to the office i could return to that routine and it would work out great but i think sometimes we try to fit you know a square into a circle hole and it ain't working we're trying to force the pegs it's not working it's okay to adjust and with that, we're going to our next segment. Why didn't they tell us? So why didn't they tell us is a fun segment where we make light of the topic we just discussed. It's just a way for us to end on a fun note. All right, so why didn't they tell us that we can create the tone for our mom styles? Like we can strip the expectations of others and the expectations we place on ourselves. You know, we, <laughs> I think sometimes we do what we feel like we should be doing and what we have to do to the point where we don't even take a step back to say, what is it that you want to do? What do you want this to look like? What do you want your mornings to look like? What do you want dinner time to look like? What do you want, how do you want your kids, um, you know, to help out in this situation? Do you want them to be self-sufficient? We can set the tone. I think sometimes we get in a, on autopilot and we just do and we do and we do to the point where we make it hard for ourselves. Like when you have a one-year-old who can't do a whole lot for themselves, you do everything for them. And then they get to three years old and four years old and you're still doing everything for them. When it's like, wait a minute, they can help. They can do this. They can do that. They even have an opinion. They might have even wanted to do it like this. And their suggestion may be better than yours. It may be simpler than yours, <laughs> but we're so used to being on autopilot that we don't look for those ways to optimize what we're doing, to simplify what we're doing. You can create the tone. It doesn't have to be any certain way, sweetheart. I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm really preaching to myself on it. You can set the tone. And then number two, why didn't they tell us that kids are little people with emotions and empathy who can understand more than we think. Bring them into your world when it's appropriate. Ask them what they think. 
I'm telling you, you'd be surprised, honey. I spent so many times, I was like, that was a good idea. <laughs> and that's horrible because, you know, it's not that you think your children aren't smart enough or anything like that, but I think um, we feel as adults like it's our responsibility to chart the path for them, right? When, you know, they they have little lives that they can they can chart their paths as well. They can chart our paths together. This isn't one-sided. It never is. And you never want to make your child feel like it's one-sided. You want to feel like they have a voice and they can be heard and seen and accommodated as well. So, yeah, little people, bring them on, bring them on the journey, honey. And then the last one, number three, why didn't they tell us that routines are gold? Like, they are gold. Because here's what happens. Eventually, the kids will do the routines on their own. Okay, that is like success number one. <laughs> do this routine without me having to tell you. They know what to expect, okay? It becomes structure for them. It becomes what sets the tone for their lives. But then also, they then hold you accountable, especially when you slack up, because they'll be like, wait a minute, mommy, we supposed to read the book. So for example, you probably like read the book. Um, our night routines, our bedtime routine includes uh, reading, and not in this order, I'm just jotting them, uh, saying them, reading, prayer, and scriptures. In our scriptures, we have like little hand movements to help them remember, you know, what the scriptures are. And let me tell you, some nights I'm tired. I'm like, we ain't doing all this. I just need y'all to go to sleep. But no, they will hold me accountable. Accountable. And then sometimes I will ask like, hey, how y'all feel about just reading or just doing the scriptures? And they'll let me know, especially if they are tired and they've had a long day too. But for the most part, They'll be like, okay, it's time to read. Okay, it's time for prayer. Okay, it's time to do these scriptures. Oh, and I also play music for them, um, jazz music for them while they sleep because the house will settle and make sounds and stuff and it scares them. So um, instead of them hearing that, I just create a nice little white noise barrier of jazz music. <laughs> and so sometimes they're like, mommy, you know, you forgot to put the jazz music on. So it's like they they begin to hold you accountable for the routines you create, which can really be helpful. And then lastly, these routines create habits, which become our norm, right? It's like I the kids, like I said, they know what to expect. It becomes structure for them. It becomes your norm, and then it becomes your lifestyle. And that's really the key to living the life that you want. It's when you create a routine, it's like, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z because this is what I want my life to look like. You, ad you adapt that new routine. It then becomes habit because you're so used to doing it that you do it automatically. And then you look up. And without even thinking about it, you're doing this, you're living this. And you're like, wow, I always make my bed. I always, you know, make mo make times for self-care. I always buy groceries so that I'm not overspending on takeout. And I always uh, clean up right before bed. And you're like, wow, this is, this is the life that I envision. That is truly the key. So these routines, honey, they are gold. I know it's like routine, 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 but it's not going to feel routine over time. Eventually, it's just going to feel like what you do. It's going to feel like life because it's habitual now. 
So yes, think about the mornings, think about them afternoons that commute, you know, home from work, or what does it look like when you get off? If you work from home, what does that first hour look like? What does getting in the house look like? Honey, I got to remind my kids so often, hang your coat, put your bag up. And the goal is eventually I won't have to see it and they'll just do it. And people see that and they're like, oh, wow, your kids are so mannerable. Oh, wow, they clean up after themselves. You're like, <laughs> not without effort, honey. We made this a, a habitual thing. That's the routine. When you step in this house, you put that coat up on, you hang it up. You put that bag up. You go put your shoes up, you know? And so, yeah, and a lot of this we have to do. You know, we have to be examples for our children. So if you're going to ask them for these routines, be ready to do these routines. Because <laughs> like I said before, they will hold you accountable. But yeah, so that's the whole episode. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope this makes uh, momming a bit easier for you. I hope that you will think about these things as the year ends and the new year begins as you think about um, how you can make your mom life easier, how the kids can actually contribute to making mom life easier for you. And it becomes what? A lifestyle. All right. I hope that you will meet me right back here. You know, new episodes are every Monday. So I hope that you'll meet me here next week for episode 20. Y'all, we are having our 20th episode on the 20th. It's like a golden episode. <laughs> um, and just so you know, we're going to have that 20th episode, which will be the end of season two. I am going to take a three-week break and then come back with a new episode on January 10th. So I'm going to take some much-needed time for rest, for planning, for rejuvenation, honey, practicing what I preach, what I've been preaching this whole see, uh, season about resting. I'm going to take that three-week break, spend some time with my kids and myself, the good Lord, honey, to see what this next chapter is going to look like, what this next season is going to look like, and I'll be back on January 10th. So please return on the 20th for the 20th, okay? The 20th episode on Monday, right here on Relatable Rhetoric. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll check out other episodes and more importantly, find your stride, sis.